Welcome to Tell Me More Live, the recorded version of our live storytelling night at the Push Comedy Theater in Norfolk, Virginia. In this recording, Shannon Bowman shares a little bit about her sleepwalking habits. So it's totally not fair that I have to follow that, because my story's not that funny. Um, so I will start off by saying that um, during periods of my life where uh, I have anxiety and stress, I sleepwalk. Um, I did it as a kid. Uh, would wake up, you know, I'd go into my parents' room. I'd touch my dad's foot, and he'd wake up and scream. And sleepovers, I would, uh, I wasn't allowed to sleep on the top bunk of bunk beds because I walked off a bunk bed once. Um, and in college, I would come out and sit on the sofa, talk to my roommate about random crap, and I would find myself in the laundry room cutting lemons because I worked, I worked in a restaurant, and anyone who's worked in the service industry, you realize, like, you stress, you're cutting lemons, blah, blah, blah. It's one of your side duties. So, like, I've always sleepwalked. I always have. And it comes in and out of my life during periods of stress. So, coming up to this week, I've been walking a lot. Lots. I woke up in my neighbor's upstairs like foyer last week. So, yeah. So, anyway. So, I'm not comfortable in this environment. Um, so, so, this is my story. Um, so, about when I was about uh, 34, 33, I, I, w- I was married to a man and we had a child and it was not great. And so, I decided to leave that environment which was the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my whole life. I'm an only child. My parents, um, you know, they've been high school sweethearts, like that whole thing. So it was, it was really not something um, that was common in our family. So it was a hard thing to do. Um, but I did it, and I feel like I was a, a better person for doing that. It was not in the environment that I needed to be in. Um, this is the second hardest thing I've ever had to do, just so you know. So... Uh, left him, had, and I'd realized, like, wow, there's a whole other population of people that I could date. Women, right? So I started dating women, which really worked well for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so uh, I had a couple girlfriends here and there, but then I started dating this girl, Jen, who uh, was an artist, which, if anyone knows me, like, I love art. Like, that was a real big thing for me. Um, she was a roller derby person, so, like, apparently she was what's called the triple threat, so she could, like, mow people down, like, she, so I was a little afraid of her, too, at the same time, um, but she was also 10 years younger than me, so at this point in my life, like, I don't necessarily think that, like, that's a big deal, but when I'm 34 and they're 24, it's a big difference, right? So, um... We dated for a few months, and um, so does anyone know the joke about uh, lesbians in U-Hauls? So what is, yeah, okay. So for those that you don't know what that means is, uh, what does a lesbian take on a second date? U-Haul, right? So um, I think stereotypes are there for a reason. Uh, They're huge time savers, and this was absolutely one of them. Right? So... um, we dated for a couple months, and we decided to move in together. And we got this amazing apartment on Colonial uh, in Ghent, 
it was, it, was, it was great. Like, long, narrow hallway, like, all wood floors, high ceilings. It was just beautiful. Like, I love the space. It was everything about the architecture of Ghent that I really loved. Um, and so it was great. Like, I had a great job. Like, I had this girlfriend. Like, I felt like I was finally myself at this point. I had this great apartment. Everything was great. Until it wasn't, right? Because this is what happens when you move in with somebody after only a few months. Like, you shouldn't do that. So, um, and so here's another stereotype about lesbians. They like to talk a lot. Like, women <laughs> like to talk a lot about their emotions and their feelings and all that kind of stuff. And that's not me. But that was her. So, um, things were, you know, we're having problems in the relationship. I decided that, like, okay, I don't want to be in this relationship. I've already ended, like, the hardest relationship ever. I don't need to stay in one that I don't want to be in one. It's like, it's fine. I can just, you know, but I wanted to keep the apartment. So um, uh, I told her, you know, like, I want to break up. She was really struggling with this. She's having a hard time with it. But, okay, so here's another stereotype about lesbians. When you break up, a lot of them still live together. They're roommates. Yeah. It's the most fucked up thing ever. I don't get it. I don't get it, but it's, it is. It's true. Um, but so we broke up. I'm doing my own thing. I'm hanging out with friends, going out late at night, coming in late, you know, crashing on the sofa, that sort of thing. Just because I was, I was really happy. Like, this is what I wanted to do. Like, I wanted to be free and, like, do the things I wanted to do. I think she was still kind of holding on to this idea, like, if we stayed together, like, we lived together, then, you know, she could change it, that sort of thing. But, like, for me, when the switch is off, it's off. Like, it was, so it was off. And I was having a great time. I didn't care. Um, and uh, so she was really struggling with this. So there's one particular night that I went out. And I came home, I don't know, I had a couple drinks. Um, and so I crashed on the sofa and then wake up in the morning and like she's kind of like coming through the hallway, this long hallway. And it's like boom, boom, boom. She's a roller derby person, so she's boom, boom, boom. Coming through the hallway. And she just kind of wakes me up and I sit up in the sofa and she is looking at me directly. And I realize like in that quick like two second exchange, look around the room and I realize I have taken every piece of artwork off the wall that was hers so she's an artist we had this one piece in particular that was like four, five feet long three feet tall it was heavy it took two of us to hang it um, but in my sleep I took it all down and I stacked <laughs> it neatly by the front door and like there were about 15 pieces of hers that I had taken off the wall and you know put there so she knew that I was a sleepwalker so I think like she realized like I wasn't trying to be malicious I wasn't a bad person but she knew like I did this in my sleep so um I kind of look at her she looks at me and I'm like does it mean anything right <laughs> and uh yeah and she's like the hell it doesn't yeah and so anyway she ended up moving three days later so it was all good so thanks for listening that's my story that was Shannon Bowman sharing her story of how sleepwalking can get you out of trouble. Thanks, Shannon, for telling your story. I'm Deb Markham, and you've been listening to Tell Me More Live. 
If you'd like to join us at the live event or help out in any way, visit tellmemorelive.org where you'll find our online submission and contact forms, a schedule of upcoming shows, and more storyteller podcasts. Thanks for listening, and remember, a happy ending always depends on where the story ends.